This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. The sun begins to come up on the beach, where Vale and Carlos stand looking out to sea. The flames of last night's bonfires lit in order to try and signal a rescue from some passing by ship still burn brightly in the distance by the dawn's growing light. Can now be seen the image of a massive black galleon and a small boat is approaching the shore from that galleon. In the boat are several figures. As the boat draws nearer to the shore, Carlos says to Vale, Those people in the boat, who are they? She just stares out to sea at the approaching boat. Those are my fellow members of the Order of the Purifying Flame. So, these are your friends. Friends is a strong word. The boat draws up to the shore, its keel grinding up on the sands underneath the waters. These pirates and sailors jump out as well as two other figures. One of them is a dwarf, scarred. In fact, I think he's got a big scar right here and his eye is all white and milky from a, an old wound. The other guy who jumps out of the boat and proceeds directly to Vale is a monster of a man. He stands easily 6'3", gargantuan build, just a massive, massive guy. Two great swords in his belt. Long, black hair. Looks, looks, looks quite a bit like that. But, you know, with paint. <laughs> he approaches Vale, surveying the emaciated crew of the Grey Mariner as he does, with a look of obvious disdain on his face. This man has a name. What is it? We're gonna roll on Xanathar's Guide here. Oh, let's do Roman, that's kind of cool. 87. Octavius. Oh, cool. And what is the dwarf's name? We do have a book for that here. What is the dwarf's name? Oh, Thrag Drakebane. That's cool. Octavius, this mammoth of a man, makes his way up to Vale. She braces herself, sets her jaw squarely, and looks directly at him, almost defiantly. Thrag comes up beside him. Thrag is keeping his eye on those men on the beach, and also the woods beyond, almost like he's expecting attack or something. How do I know that about him? I'm just making it up. Let's get a mannerism using our maze rat supplement for Octavius. Three and one. He interrupts. <laughs> okay. So he's asserting his authority most of the time, shutting people down. Ooh, boy, jerk. He looks around at the sullen, emaciated men on the beach. Kind of tisk tisks. Why don't you tell me exactly how you managed to fail? Vale is momentarily stung by this accusation, but regains her composure quite quickly. Edbert proved far more wily than we gave him credit for. We captured him, but he rallied the prisoners and took the ship from within. He marooned us here. Huh. And, uh, where is he now? I can only assume that he and Nicola are even now following the map in Nicola's head to find the soul cage. 
Well, what can I say, Vale? This is what happens when you send an assassin to do a warrior's work. Get in the boat. Carlos looks at her, and he can see that she's visibly struggling to not say something, but she steals herself and begins to move past Octavius and into the boat. Carlos says, Wait, wait, you, you can't just leave us here. He goes to move to the boat, but Octavius blocks his way just by sidestepping. Carlos stops, looks up at this gargantuan brute of a man. Carlos looks past him to Vale. Vale, you cannot just leave us here. You cannot leave me here. You must take us with you. Octavius kind of turns, looks back at her. She looks at him, kind of reluctantly nods. Octavius turns out of the way and gives him the gesture. Carlos pulls his tunic down and proudly begins to move through the water up into the boat, followed by Thrag the dwarf, who doesn't say a word. And I think it's because Thrag is mute. Because why not? (laughs) These two pirates begin to reconnoiter and gather all of the other sailors. And as the boat turns around, Carlos now gets a better look at that gargantuan black galleon sitting at anchor out on the water. That ship, I do not recognize it. Vale kind of comes up and she looks and she can see, painted on the side of the hull, Inquisitor's Leap. Thank you to patron Ben McCabe for pointing out that in episode three of my supplemental series, I randomly generated a ship name and I thought it was pretty cool. So he suggested I use it in the show. And so <laughs> I am. Thanks, Ben. It had a name once, but we've rechristened it. That ship out there, that is a gift from the League of Free Lords, given freely to the Order of the Purifying Flame to better pursue our objectives. You mean the better to hunt down the Crimson Viper? The ghost ship? Oh, that's part of the deal, all right. But that ain't the only use I have for that ship. Well, I am going to use it to do what you could not. Now, you are going to tell me everything you found out about this murderer. Tell me all you've discovered about this Edbert. Well, hello and welcome back once again to me, myself, and I. I'm, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you do want to help support the channel, please do hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help support us on Patreon, that is a huge uh, help, too. So thank you, all of you who have already joined up. Last time, Edbert managed to discover a few very interesting things, uh, not the least of which was that it was, in fact, Devona that was responsible for him showing up on that island so close to the drunken ghoul because he himself, Edbert, had cried out to the gods in an effort to escape some members of the Order of the Purifying Flame way back, a few weeks back, and Devona answered his prayer and brought him as close as she possibly could to the drunken ghoul, which was the best way of finding the soul cage because, of course, the map was on the drunken ghoul in the form of Ero Nicola's memory. The price, of course, was his memories of the past few weeks, so that's the reason why he didn't remember how he got there, and that explains that. He also helps Lista and the lizard folk by basically giving them, like, a doomsday weapon 
hoping that they would find another way to protect themselves from the pirates. And Slistar did say that he was going to try and do that. So what'll happen there? I don't know. Will we ever see Slistar again? I also do not know. But what I do know is that Edbert is on board the Drunken Ghoul 2, <laughs> the renamed Grey Mariner, as they set sail away from Dengmarsh and make their way out to the open sea. The day is perfect for traveling. Blue skies, the sails flapping in the wind, picking up full speed as the ship cuts its way through the waves. But before we get back to Edbert and Nicola on the deck of the ship, we must award some XP. So I have given Edbert 10 XP and increases withstand injury to 8 leaving him three points for luck should he need it. The other thing, of course, is that we have a thread to end from the previous scene, which is how did Edward get on that island? Well, now we know, so we can cross off that one. And we can also add a couple of NPCs to the list. I'm just going to adjust the order of the Purifying Flame entry on the NPC list, on the character list, and just going to add Octavius and Thrag the Dwarf as members of the order. Our Chaos Factor is at five. On deck, Edbert turns to Captain Nicola. All right, Captain. If we're to find a soul cage, I guess we need to know the first stop on that map of yours. Now, I don't know anything about this map. I just know that Nicola memorized it. So I'm guessing that this map that Nicola had was cryptic. It was symbols and coordinates and things like this. It wasn't super easy to read. So here's a question. Does Nicola actually know how to read the map himself? Like, does he understand the map? I don't know the answer to that. I, I I actually don't think he really does. I think it's going to be very unlikely that he understands the map or that he understood the map before he had to destroy it. Uh, no. So he had a 25% chance of a yes, so no, he does not. I confess to you, Edbert, that before I destroy that map, I didn't rightly understand everything about it. But I can reproduce everything about it perfectly because of my, presumably my photographic memory that I hope I have, otherwise it was a real stupid thing to try and destroy the map and commit it to that memory. <laughs> uh, right, well, what was the first symbol or anything at all about where you, you think we should start? Good question, Edbert. Let's find out. The nature of the first symbol. Harm. Harm the innocent. Harm the innocent, I think. Harm the innocent, right away I'm thinking a pirate base. Oh, what about a sunken pirate ship? Harm the innocent. What? Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. So what if the first step on the map is to go to an area where a, a, a pirate vessel ran aground on, on rocks, on shoals, and for some reason there's some clue in that wreck that's going to point them to the next stage of the map. Now again, I don't know what this map actually looks like. I think it was really cryptic. I think it was a, a series of symbols that was not easy to understand. But Nicola does know that the first step is to get to that pirate wreck, and, and there's going to be something there in the wreck of that ship that's going to make the next symbol make more sense. Yeah. Okay, well, is the wreck of the ship close by? I doubt it. That's unlikely that it's close by. Uh, it is not close by. It's not an extreme, no. So, because it's not close by, I think it's probably gonna take like a good three or four days to get there. Here's a question. What is the name of that ship? Ship names. Pirate ship names. Perfect. That ship was called the Sea Ghost. Oh, how appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> the symbols on this map were not easy to understand, but I am reasonably sure that the first step on the way to the Soul Cage is going to be the wreck of the Sea Ghost, about four days from our current position right here. Well, looks like we've got a bit of a voyage ahead of us then. If there's nothing else, Captain, I'll be in my quarters below. So, the ship 
plows through the waves. Nicola gives the orders to the navigator, his new navigator. Because <laughs> Carlos is no longer here. Yeah, he has uh, procured a new navigator among the crew that he picked up in Dingmarsh. And they set sail for the coordinates of the wreck of the Sea Ghost. Which will take four days. Okay, well, that's the end of that scene. That was a real quick one. But it included the it included the interrupt scene about what happened with Vale on the island. So, first of all, new characters. Yes, the Sea Ghost is a wrecked ship. Any threads? We can end Vale and Carlos marooned because they're no longer marooned, so we can end that thread as well. You know, everything was sort of in control with Edbert here on this scene, such as it was. However, things are going to get wildly out of control because of the interrupt scene of Vale being rescued by Octavius and the order on the Inquisitor's Leap Galleon that is, no doubt even now, trying to scour the seas to pursue Edbert. So, we are going to... Increase the chaos factor to six. The next scene is Voyage to the Sea Ghost. As always, the first thing we do is see if the scene is interrupted or altered. Our chaos factor is at six. So six or lower and something happens. Yes, look at this. It is an altered scene, which means that the f I think that they encounter something on the way. What is the nature of that encounter? It's an altered scene. So it's not an interrupt scene. It's something that you would expect along the way. Is it an attack of some sort? Um, I don't think it's going to be an attack. I think it might be a force of nature. Maybe Let, Let's see. Was it an attack? I'm going to call it unlikely. Gives us a 50% chance. Oh, in fact, it is an attack of some sort. Okay, is it? Well, here's, here's a question immediately. Is it possible that the Inquisitor's Leap has found uh, the drunken ghoul already? I highly doubt it. In fact, I'm going to say that is no way. No, you know what? Even worse. I'm going to say that's impossible. 10% or less? No, it is not, in fact, the Inquisitor's Leap. So it's something else. So I'm going to take that to mean that it's not even a ship. It's not a pirate ship. It's nothing like that. I think it they are attacked by some sort of sea creature. That makes the most sense. Is that the case? Yeah, somewhat likely. We're narrowing down the, the choices. Now, that is an extreme yes. Well, an extreme yes is going to mean that they encounter a very bad sea creature. The first thing that comes to my mind, of course, is some sort of kraken. But you know, that's also bordering on the cliche. Oh, it might be a flyer. Let's once again ask the chart. I could just decide this, but I really like rolling. And also, the more I roll, the more likely there is going to be a random event, which is always fun. So, is it a flyer? There's no way it's a flyer. There's no way it's a flyer. Oh my goodness, look at this. It is a flyer. And that is doubles! <laughs> okay. So they are attacked by a flying beast of some sort, which it must be coming from an island nearby. Let's determine the random event first. Determine the event focus. We haven't had one of these in a long time. Is 85 NPC negative. Who is up for grabs here? We have quite a few NPCs. I'm going to grab a D20. What do we have here? NPC negative five. <gasps> oh. Carlos. Okay, but it's a random event, but Carlos is nowhere near here. An NPC negative to Carlos. Let's just let's just play this out and, 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 and see what that means. Negative scene for Carlos. What could this mean? 18? Move? <laughs> 87? Move magic! Okay, I think what happened here is that the Inquisitor's Leap, while nowhere near this vessel, as they were pulling away from that island, they drew the ire of some flying magical creature. Move magic that, oh, it flies. But here's the thing, it doesn't fly normally. It flies by limited 
teleportation jumps. Hey, let's go. Let's go. I magic here. Why not? There's some horrible creature and it attacked the Inquisitor's Leap. And for some reason in the encounter with the Inquisitor's Leap, whatever happened there, it abducted Carlos. Maybe it grabbed Carlos and then, you know, disappeared from existence. And now it is flying uh, through the air, getting to where it needs to be. And it appears outside the drunken ghoul with some sort of intent that well they are being attacked we know that well it's a flying creature let's let's see let's let's ask maze rats some more details about this thing what do we got here five and six pteranodon oh my god this is some sort of like jurassic park thing <laughs> okay nicola and edbert look out in the distance maybe on the second day out and they can see this shape that it's it's a blurry kind of fuzzy shape that just keeps sort of like phasing in and out of existence but it's getting closer and closer to them at this point nicola you know he he, he sounds the alarm to the men there's something out there lads prepare yourselves what the hell is this thing some uh, some sort of magical dinosaur thing that blips in and out of existence this is weird let's look at some monster features plates it's sort of an ungainly flyer because it's armored it has it has armored plates maybe that's the reason why it has to use magic to, to move through the air this is a weird thing this almost feels like some sort of like crazy creation of some mad sorcerer somewhere or something like that that that's interesting that could that could lead to something monster traits four and three iridescent oh so so it kind of has like this this metallic almost uh purpley shimmering to its 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 hide so those armored plates are actually really kind of they almost look like an oil slick where you get that sort of weird shimmery uh, look to it which draws the eye as it moves closer and closer to the boat that is for sure tactics St tactics is steal from well that's why it got carlos <laughs> it grabbed carlos What's he doing? Why? I don't know. We'll find a reason. It's essentially a, a magical animal. In fact, I'm going to say that this is some weird creation of some mad wizard somewhere who might turn into an NPC at some point. Actually, it, it, it does beg the question, if this thing attacked the Inquisitor's Leap and grabbed Carlos, why is it now coming here? That's very, very strange. Nonetheless, that's what happens. So as this thing gets closer and closer, it's weird purple armored plates kind of glistening in the sun, uh, you know, jumping in and out of existence. This is a very, very, very odd thing. And I think the crew is seriously freaked out by this. They've probably never seen anything like this before. They begin to muster. They begin to, you know, go to the armory and grab some bows and arrows and things like this. But they see that in its claws, it's it has a squirming figure. What is it doing here? It is, I did say it was an attack. We know it, it's an attack. Oh, is it, it steals from, we know it was created by some mad wizard. Is its role to steal people, individuals, certain individuals off the ship? Is it here for Edbert? Is there some weird mad wizard out there who knows what Edbert is up to and wants to abduct him for some reason? That's a question. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting question. I'm gonna call it 50-50. Uh, the answer is yes. So this crazed mad wizard who created this weird flying abomination grabbed had it had the creature grab Carlos, and now it's coming here to grab Edbert. So its purpose is not to rake the ship with, you know claws and teeth and kill as many people as it can. No, it's going directly after Edbert. So here's the thing, as this thing is moving in, I think that the captain, th these men now with bows and arrows and crossbows and such, they get up on deck 
and they take firing positions to take a shot as this thing moves closer. But as it is moving closer, now is it they can definitely hear the sound of Carlos crying out, No, don't shoot, don't shoot, you'll hit me, you fools! Edward's like, Carlos? What, what the hell's going on here? That is an excellent question, isn't it? <laughs> I think these, these guys are going to shoot. I'm just going to roll the dice to see if these archers are able to shoot. And I think Edward gets in there too. He has a bow as well. So he's going to grab his bow and he's going to take a shot. Do the combined arrows, does the combined arrow fire the volley? Is it enough to scare off this creature? I think probably not. It's got these heavy, heavy iridescent plates. I highly doubt it. I'm going to say there's no way that a simple volley of arrows is going to be able to. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, it's, not an, it's not an extreme no but it is a no. So they do take a, a, a few shots. The arrows whistle through the air, but bounce harmlessly off of the creature's hide. Now, it's not an extreme no. If it was an extreme no, I would have had them hit Carlos, but it wasn't. It was a regular no. So Carlos screams with fear as, as he's in the clutches of this beast blipping in and out of reality. It gets closer, and very, very clearly, it is moving directly towards Edbert. Edbert sees this, drops his bow, pulls his sword and shield. It's blipping in and out and it appears at different spots in the sky, but always, always closer and closer and closer until finally it gets close enough, appearing right over Edbert with poor Carlos in its clutches. And it reaches out with one of its mammoth dinosaur-like talons to grab Edbert. So here's the thing. Let's do some quick stats for this thing. Timing is going to be pretty damn fast because it blips in and out of reality. So you don't even see where this is, this thing's coming from. So I'm going to say this timing is plus five. Dominion Rules has a monster ability called Clutch, which it definitely has of, I think, seven. It's going to be pretty good. And a successful clutch attack means that the victim's entire body is captured by the attacking beast. It's not going to block or parry, but it's going to get a dodge. A really great dodge, a dodge of nine, simply because it can vanish and reappear. Its move is super fast as well, too. I'm going to give it a move of 10. Well, it's it's normal within. I think I'm going to call 7, but it's got 3 points of armor, so it's actually 10. So, as this thing comes hurtling down, blipping in and out of existence, heading directly towards Edward Carlos in its clutches, its other claw coming out, we need to do a quick timing roll. So, Edward's going to be at plus 1, and it is going to be at plus 5. It's on black. Uh, obviously it goes first, which means Edbert has to declare first. He sees this thing coming in. He can see it blipping in and out of existence. He is going to put his shield up and try and block this thing as he sees it coming in. Yeah, he's going to do a multi-action penalty because he's going to attack it and block it guided by its sort of magical instinct that it's been given by its creator. It goes directly for him. It's going all out. It's just doing a clutch. So there's going to be no penalties there. Okay, it, uh, we do Edbert's block skill now. Is he going to be able to fend off this clutch? We shall see. His block is really good. It is 10 and he's good. Oh, nine. That is great. That means that its attack at seven cannot hit him. His shield gets up and as it goes to uh, grab at him, it disappears and then appears directly in front of him up in the air. It goes to grab him, but his shield is already up and he kind of knocks it aside and then it vanishes one more time, appearing somewhere over here around the crew. They themselves are hurling spears at it and firing arrows at it, but really it's doing no damage. Just just bouncing right off that, that armored plate as it comes around for another pass. Now, because of the specific nature of this, it can it, it can immediately withdraw without some, some sort of free attack because it's just 
appearing and, and, and disappearing. So it's very, very, very hard to get a, a hit on it. But again, we know its drive is to go after Edbert. So again, it does so appearing, like jumping through space, basically, until it comes down and again attacks Edbert. Nicola is right here. I think Nicola is going to try and jump in and aid him by trying to, uh, you know, Edbert's pretty important to him. So I think he's going to basically aid Edbert. And what that's going to do, I'm just going to play fast and loose with the rules here instead of adding Nicola in as an extra combatant. I'm just going to give Edbert plus two to everything he does this round. Okay, once again, we go to the round because Edbert didn't get a chance to attack because it just immediately left. Who goes first? It goes first again, which means Edbert has to declare. So Nicola jumps in the fray, trying to distract it, trying to wave his sword at it. You know, uh, anything he can do at this weird monstrosity that is coming at Carlos, you know, squirming in the other claw. This is a really hard combatant to fight. You can't really faint him out. I mean, you could try, but it's just so hard to hit. I think he's going to try it again. I think he's going to get his shield up and and try and strike again. So this thing, uh, in its declaration, exact same thing. It is not worried about Edbert's ability to strike it at all. It knows that it can get right at him and then just blink out of existence again. Oh my goodness, so it's just gonna fully attack. So Edbert in the modifier phase, once again, tries to block. He's going to get a total of a plus one because he's got plus two help from the captain and minus one multi-action penalty. So his block is gonna be still really good. His block is gonna be 11. Oh no! Automatic failure, he whips his shield around, but the thing appears right in front of him and goes to clutch him with no penalty. This thing is clutching on sevens and it succeeds. So the clutch does no damage, but it grabs him and right away, as per the rules, Edward gets an automatic withstand injury roll to see if he can break free before anything else happens. Let's see if he can do that. His withstand injury is now eight. Can he do it? He rolls a seven and he does. So this thing grabs him, but Edbert's able to burst free of it as it is struggling to keep him and it doesn't quite vanish out of existence as this thing is momentarily confused by the fact that it grabbed him, but then he he broke free of it, which gives Edbert an opportunity to strike before it disappears again. So he does so. His strike, he's really good with this. 11. The only way he doesn't hit this thing is if he rolls a 12. Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me! The thing just at the last second manages to vanish once again, and Edbert's sword whistles through empty air as it bing, 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 hops over here and once again comes around for another attack. I think Nicola at this point orders his men to take a concentrated volley of fire. Is there any chance at all that they hit and do damage to this thing? I think there's no way they do. No way they do. Oh my goodness, they do. They are able to to actually wound it marginally, not an extreme yes. One of those arrows finds its way in between the separation of where its armored plates are and buries deep within it. It roars in pain. And it's actually now down to six, which is great. We go into a third round, same thing again. It is not deterred. It's going directly towards Edbert. First timing rolls, here we go. That's looking better. That's looking better. Edbert goes first this time. Excellent, 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 which means it declares first. Well, it's not going to do any defenses. It's just driving towards him with its magical ability and once again trying to clutch him. It is driven single-mindedly to do this one thing, to do this task, to capture Edbert for some reason.
and it comes in. Edbert sees this. His block has been working. He needs to bring this thing down or just... Because he does see Carlos now, definitely. <laughs> and, and even though he may not be interested in saving Carlos's life, he is interested in knowing why is Carlos here? What is this thing? These are questions. Questions! Questions that need answering! He's doing really well. He's still being helped by the captain. He is going to strike twice and defend. Okay, that is his action. So in the multi-action phase, he's going to defend. Striking twice with the help it means this is a straight-up block roll of ten or more. Oh, no! He's unable to block successfully. This dice is killing me! So that means when the creature comes in, it is going to get a full attack on him. However, he goes first, and he does do two strikes. And both these strikes are at uh, multi-action penalty of, of minus two, so he's rolling nines. The first one, does it hit? It does hit, but it only does two damage. The thing is going to roll against ten for its withstand injury. Oh, it, it only rolls one, which means that Edbert does one point of damage to it. Somehow, Edbert's sword is able to find a weak spot in that iridescent armor and blood it. Okay, the second attack also coming in at nine. And he hits the maximum! He can do nine! But the armor roll of ten, the withstand injury... Is going to be three, so he does six damage. <gasps> That's fantastic. It was at five, which means that it is at an injury penalty of minus one. It roars in pain, and it is going to use its attack against Edbert now to clutch. And now it is at minus one, so it's attacking at six. There's no block penalty, unfortunately, because Edward blew that, so it's going to roll a four, which is a success. It manages to get a claw at him and grab him. Edward can try and break free with injury of eight. He does again! He's able to break free of the thing. Is that enough to drive it off, or is it so single-minded in its purpose that it continues? I, I still say because of the nature of this, it is a magical beast. It's basically a construct that is here for a very particular reason. I think it's unlikely he drives it off. It's a 50% chance he drives it off and he does! He manages to drive it off! But here's the thing. As he drives it off, it's not an extreme yes. So the thing roars in pain. It knows it is wounded. Is there a chance? Is there a chance that as it leaves, as it makes its way back into whatever magical realm it came from, does it drop Carlos? Well, it is wounded. Mm, I think it's very unlikely it drops. This is a 45% chance, though. This is a Karis. Chaos rank six. <laughs> as it blinks out of existence, Carlos goes screaming and crying as he crashes through the air, bang, onto the deck, knocking him senseless for the moment, but not killing him. Just knocking him completely out as <laughs> the thing vanishes. The crew realizing that this weird magical monstrosity has apparently left now for good, stand around panting, arrows knocked in their bows, waiting, waiting for the attack to come again, but it does not. Okay, they managed to drive this weird magical construct off, and Carlos is on the deck, unconscious. What was that all about? Weird. Okay, we've determined that this thing was invented or created by some mad wizard. Let's find out his name. So we're gonna go to GM's miscellany dungeon dressing here. Ur, Urosvath, that's cool. 
We're gonna add Ur Osvas to the NPC mix, but uh, but not quite yet, because we're not technically at the end of the scene. After the fight, Carlos is knocked unconscious. I think that uh, the ship surgeon comes up and takes him below to tend to him. Obviously, they're gonna want to question him about what the hell's going on. But in the meantime, what the hell was that thing, Captain? Have you ever seen anything like it before? Has Captain Nicola ever seen anything like it before? Uh, I mean, it's possible. We know that the wizard is operating somewhere in these islands, so maybe he's heard of something. I'm gonna call it unlikely that he that that's, this triggers a memory or something for him that he knows. Oh my goodness, it's an extreme yes. So not only does Nicola recognize that he knows who this wizard is. Actually, but I have seen things like that before. It was a magical construction of the sort that was often sent into the world by a mad wizard in these parts by the name of Ur Osvath. Had to look it up for a moment. <laughs> Ur Osvath. What's he all about? I don't rightly know. I know that he resides in a in a tower on a on a lonely, craggy, rocky island. He conducts unholy experiments in his laboratory up there. He is known for creating strange hybrid creatures of all sorts of origins. But as to why he would want to abduct Carlos, or you for that matter, as it seemed obvious that's what he was trying to do, I don't know why that is. But since I did roll an extreme yes, I do know where his tower is. And frankly, again, because it's an extreme yes, the island of Ur Osvath is on our route. First things first, I think we should wait till Carlos comes around and ask him a few questions. So they do. They go down below and consult with the ship's surgeon who, you know, I don't think Carlos is, is dead or anything, but I think he's, he's certainly been knocked senseless. He's in a cot, he's in a bed being tended to. The the ship surgeon runs some smelling salts under his nose and Carlos sort of wakes with a start. What, what, what am I? What, what is going on? This terrible creature! Easy there, Carlos. You're alive for the moment. But it seems that fate has decided to bring you back under my care. I don't know how well that's going to work out for you, son. Easy now, Captain. We do need some information. Carlos, what the hell are you doing here? And what was that thing? Is Carlos going to be forthcoming? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, but here's what we're going to do. Due to the nature of the situation, I think that Edbert's going to roll an Intimidate. And if he gets a successful Intimidate, then Carlos is going to spill his guts. Does he do it? He does with a roll of a five. He's Intimidate a six. Carlos is freaked out by this whole thing. I was on board the ship when next thing I know, this thing came out of nowhere and grabbed me. Hold on a second here. What do you mean you were on board a ship? I am. Vale and myself and the rest of the crew of the Grey Mariner were rescued from the marooning that you did to us. Oh? What was the name of this ship? It was a large black galleon called the Inquisitor's Leap. The Inquisitor's Leap. You ever heard of that ship, Captain Nicola? Probably not, because we know that Octavius changed the name. No, I'm afraid that name doesn't mean much to me. So, you and Vale were on board this ship, right? That is correct. Vale is safe, like all the gods. I do not know what I would do if anything were to happen to her. All right, enough, lover boy. Who was the captain of that ship? Who rescued them? He did make the intimidate roll, so Carlos spills. There was a large man who, as far as I could tell, was one of Vale's superiors. A man calling himself by the name Octavius. Octavius. Was there anyone else with him? There was a dwarf with them as well. Hmm. Mute, 
One bad eye, scar coming down. Yes, that was him. And where exactly were they headed? Do they have some way of, of finding Edbert that he doesn't know anything about, that we don't know anything about? I don't know. I, I want to say it's it's kind of unlikely. I'm going to say it's very unlikely. Um, 49 on 45 is a no. As far as I could tell, they were trying to resume the search for you by stopping in at various ports to see whether this ship and Nicola and you had appeared. Right. How far did they get? Not very far, I am afraid. I was only rescued for two days aboard ship before this thing came out of the blue sky to grab me and take me away. Why on earth would this wizard want anything to do with you? Or me, for that matter. Why indeed? As I said, Edbert, the wizard's tower is on the way. We could stop. Aye, we could. But if we did that, we might be giving him exactly what he wants. Walking right into his hand, so to speak. Still, if this wizard has uh, created creatures like this before, like you say, Captain, what's to stop him for sending something else after me again? This wizard's tower is directly on the way to the wrecked ship where we're headed. Is that right? Aye, Edbert. That's what I'm saying. Well, then I have a request, Captain. Alter your course. Take us to this island of this wizard. I'd like to have a wee chat with him. <laughs> That'll bring us to the end of that scene. Very interesting. New characters. Ur Ozvath. The Mad Wizard. New thread. Ascertain why Ur Ozvath is interested in Carlos and Edbert. No threads were closed. The chaos factor definitely goes up to seven. Because... Oh, that was just so weird. So the next scene we're going to is the island of Ur-Ozvath, where we will discover who this guy is and what he wants with Carlos and Edbert. But we will have to wait until the next episode of Me, Myself, and I to discover that. Thank you so much for joining me here today, my friends. And if you do want to help support the show, please do hit like and subscribe. It's a big help when you do. And also, if you would like to join us on the Patreon, that is also an excellent way to support the show. Thank you all for joining me here today. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and Die. <laughs>